0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Practicology Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us throughout this first year of our journey in the podcasting adventure that is the Practicology Podcast. And now we're coming to the end of 2021. This is our last episode for 2021. And, Mike, it's natural that at a time like this, we look back on the past year as well as looking ahead to the next one. What can you say to us to help us process the past and face the future?
1: Well, I appreciate the way you've set this up, Matthew, because I think reflecting on the past and future is something we all need help with. I know that there are lots of young people, for instance, who are heading towards the new year with a level of internal frustration because of how COVID has applied a break to them making progress on their life plans. For instance, if your life plan is to get married, then the reduction of opportunities to socialize with other Christian youth at, at, say, conferences can frustrate you from making progress on on that life dream. Of course, there's many more examples. Uh, The person who wanted to have her own house or condo, but the prices went crazy. Mm -hmm. The couple that uh, was really wanting to have a baby, and it seems even more impossible now for various reasons. Uh, The plan to climb out of debt backfired The plan to get into certain kind of studies or career hasn't come to fruition, and and you feel stuck somewhere in life that you never wanted to be. And as we look back over the last year or two, maybe all we can see is setback after setback. And this fills us with fear and frustration as we look forward into the future. When will our big break come? Will it ever get better? Will we ever succeed in getting our lives back on track? And so I want to bring some biblical perspective and hope to help us all process the past and face the future at the turn of a new year. So we'll start with processing the past and then we'll end with facing the future.
0: And those are real situations that you've described, Mike. And as I look back over the past two years, I see my own setbacks and my own experience. They're not the same as the ones that you mentioned, but they're setbacks all the same. So maybe the first thing this episode can do is to help us all just to express sympathy with others who are struggling with this. We get it. It is a big deal. Your struggles, your setbacks are a big deal to you. Mine are to me. It is a real sense of loss when we have to wait longer than we expected and when we feel like we're missing out. In a sense, this is this is a form of dying to ourselves and to our life dreams, and that is painful and hard, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And the second way I'm hoping this episode can help is by redefining success. What if we could see that these setbacks are not actually setbacks, but steps forward? That though it appears as though we've not made progress over the last two years, what if we've actually grown in leaps and bounds? Matthew, when I was with your family for a week in November, I enjoyed seeing how much you guys enjoy playing games together and one game that your kids reintroduced me to is sorry i'm pretty sure i played it before but i guess i was more into trouble when i was growing up as in trouble the game anyways the game is all about getting your pieces home and i noticed that your kids were surprisingly positive sometimes at least about about picking up cards that made them move backwards and not forwards because some of the time at least these steps back were actually steps forward By going back two spaces, they landed on a square that moved them forward several spaces. And I'm pretty sure there were other situations like that too in the game. Anyways, I think we can all learn from the Cain kids. can't believe I'm saying that, but I think we can all learn from the Cain kids to look back on the past year and see all of the setbacks as actually being steps forward. And the key to doing that is to redefine success, or better, to let Christ redefine success for us.
0: I do recall a high-volume sorry game while you were here. Thanks for doing that with the kids, Mike. But I do want to caution you. Be careful of not taking too many cues from the Kane family. You could uh, It could set you back in other ways. But I do agree with you about the need to redefine success because normally we don't take time to define things. We assume definitions. This happens in our culture all the time, and we might think, why would we need to define success? Hey, isn't isn't it obvious? It's making progress on my life plans. It's getting that body shape and muscle that I want, that look that I want. It's getting that relationship that I want. It's getting included into that inner ring of people that I long to be with or achieving all the things that I set out to achieve financially, maybe.
1: Yeah, you're right. We just assume what success is. But what if we're wrong in our assumptions? What if the actual real life game of sorry isn't about getting your own pieces home first but helping others get their pieces home. For example, a friend of mine played hockey with a guy named Craig. Craig competed in a reality show in Las Vegas, a competition to be the face of Vegas. At least that's what he thought it was all about. As far as he and the other contestants figured, success was defined by being the best-looking, the most toned, the most impressive. But what they didn't know is they were actually competing in a competition called True Beauty. Craig thought he was being evaluated on his outward appearance, on the sturdiness of his jaw and how well muscled his arms were. In reality, and here I'm quoting from a newspaper article, he was secretly being judged on qualities such as honesty, kindness, compassion, and empathy. When all was revealed, Craig had to watch hidden camera footage of himself ignoring people who needed help, failing to stick up for someone, and stealing a vest that was offered to him. He thought he was being judged for his outward appearance and good looks. He had a good chance at winning under those standards. After all, he claims that he's better looking than Brad Pitt, but he was actually being judged on the criteria of his care for others. Craig's definition of success was wrong. What he needed to truly succeed was to learn what the judge's definition of success was. Life isn't just a game. And so, it's even more important that we don't assume our definition of success is the right one. As Christians, we live life before the audience of the triune God. We desperately need to know the Father, Son, and Spirit's definition of
0: success. That's a powerful point, Mike. Thank you. And I think we're all seeing how this could give us hope and encouragement as we reflect on a year that might seem to be filled with setbacks. I mean, suppose this guy, Craig, wasn't better looking than Brad Pitt. Suppose he was. Overweight and spindly looking and didn't have cool hair, but throughout the competition he had said no to temptation and he had offered help to his competitors and He had grown in moral virtue when others laughed at him Then he actually would have ended up winning the competition. Then he would have truly succeeded
1: Exactly. How can you reflect on the so-called steps backward of the past year and actually be filled with hope that these were significant steps forward By remembering what true success is from God's perspective, which is the only perspective that will matter one trillion years from now. And how does God define success? He defines it as true beauty. His definition of success for us is that one day, we who believe in Christ will be perfectly conformed to the image of Christ. Let me quote the words from Romans 8 that we read from in our last episode. It says, we know that for those who love God, All things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Romans 8 verses 28 to 29. So success for the Christian is not looking more and more like an Instagram model. It's not being five pounds lighter than you were a year ago, or being able to fit into that dress or lift so many pounds. It's looking more and more like Christ. Success isn't becoming more popular. It's becoming more like Christ. Success isn't getting smarter. It's growing in the knowledge of Christ. Success isn't making lots of money. It's appropriating more and more of the riches that you already have in Christ. Success isn't changing your status from single to dating or dating to married, nor is it going the opposite direction, going from being in a relationship to being unattached and single and free. Success is the status you have of being in Christ, a status in which
0: he is continually transforming you to become more like himself. Mike, I do think I would feel a little better, though, if I was just a few pounds lighter. Is that okay to still have that objective?
1: Yes, absolutely. These are still, it's still good to care about our fitness and all these things. But, but if we make that our ultimate goal of success, we despair when we fail them. And maybe we get prideful and, and sort of a vaunted um, outlook when we do succeed in them. And, and thus, actually fail to succeed, right? Because we're
0: becoming less like Christ. Excellent. So that's a fair point. Thank you for the reminder. And for the reminder that God is working out a wonderful plan for our life. It is to make us beautiful replicas of his gloriously attractive son. That's what ultimate success is for us to grow and make progress and becoming like him. And God himself is entirely committed to making us a success story in this project. That's wonderful. He who began a good work in us will complete it at the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1. So it says we know that God is working all things to accomplish this goal in us. And it's really important to see in this passage in Romans 8 that the all things especially includes the hard things of our life, isn't it? That's the context there.
1: Yeah, that's key. In other words, all those things we look back on over the past two years as setbacks, those are the things God was working through for our success. So I'll I'll just be honest. The last two years have been full of setbacks for me, from my private life to our ministry and to the local church. There were setbacks in my physical health, my emotional health, in my marriage. There were things I thought I'd accomplish, That I never made any progress on. There were goals in our ministry that we thought we'd have achieved by now, but actually they're farther away now. We've we've actually gone backwards. If success for me means losing weight, being internally strong and self-reliant, doubling the size of the church, etc., then the last two years have been a complete failure. But if true success is becoming more christ-like then guess what i know and i say this giving all glory to him i know god has made progress in my life over the last two years none of these things were actually setbacks they were steps forward
0: and i just want to intervene there mike it's i mean it's so valuable and we just need that reminder that you know in eternity this is what's really going to matter, isn't it? When we stand before Christ at the judgment seat, this is what's really going to matter. When we come back with him in his kingdom, this is what's really going to matter as true success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We will be on the right side of history then. And we'll have a completely different perspective on things. It won't matter so much how much I got done in 2021. It will matter. Who was I? Who did I become? Who am I now? And, uh, so p- progress in the Christian life is is about who we become, and it's to become like Christ, yes. But yeah, just to return to my reflection on the past year or two, Matthew, as I look back, God has used trials to increase my endurance, my perseverance, my stick I, I believe you opened our very first episode or two on this podcast with the truth of endurance. He's used the battles in my mind over the past couple years to make me weaker in myself, and and thus more dependent on the Lord. There are some really stubborn sin struggles in my life that I, I believe have finally budged a little bit. By God's grace, I've experienced a little more victory, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Uh, don't get the wrong impression, though. I've got an awful long way to go, and, and make sure you please hear this not as a Mike the Spiritual Victor story, but as a Mike the Spiritual Basket Case story. This is a case of the Lord using our weaknesses and trials and sin and brokenness in such a way that he grants us a little bit of progress in becoming more like Christ, and he does it in such a way that we can't take any personal pride in it. The point is, Matthew, God sometimes deals us take two-steps-backward cards, but when we reflect on them, we discover that in the goodness of his providence, they were spring-forwards four-steps cards. Our God is working all things out for our ultimate success in life, especially in the
0: things that we call setbacks. And brothers and sisters, this is a teaching that runs through the whole Bible. Psalm 119.71, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Lamentations 3.27, It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. James 1.12, Count it all joy, My brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds.
1: Yes, and what I appreciate about the Lamentations reference, Matthew, is that it speaks to us in our youth. You know, this isn't just a truth for 40-year-olds. It's just as true for 14-year-olds and 24-year-olds. Pretty much all true success and progress in the first 25 years of my life happened through so-called setbacks. The near-drowning experience led to my salvation. The car accident shook me and woke me up. The pain and failed relationships. I remember after Helen and I had to break off our dating relationship, a man I greatly admire came up to me and said, Mike, I've heard you've made some progress. <laughs> and I really didn't appreciate his comment one single bit at the time, but he was right. God used that time for, for huge growth in, in my spiritual life. God uses all of our setbacks
0: to further our eventual success. And just to clarify, things did get back on there with you and Helen, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm so thankful for that, too. Good. So, Mike, you're basing these truths in Scripture, of course, especially Romans 8. And Paul wrote something else that speaks to this issue a few chapters later, didn't he? Chapter 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this business of not living according to human definitions of success, but God's definition of it requires the constant renewing of our minds. We need a new perspective. Yeah, great
1: point. Yeah, the only way we'll embrace the path of weakness and learn to see setbacks as steps forward is if we allow the Holy Spirit constantly to renew our minds with the truth of the gospel and the texts of scripture. And so that leads me to switch over into the second part of this episode, and I'll try to be quite brief here. God's definition of success being us getting more and more like Christ not only helps us see the setbacks of the past as steps forward, it also helps us look in the opposite direction and face the future. If success means becoming more like Christ, how will that guide us and our priorities as we approach 2022? I suggest that it will make us prioritize certain practices in our life. I mentioned these in episode 45 on attentiveness as an act of love. These practices are often called spiritual disciplines or means of grace. The two most common ones perhaps are reading the Bible and praying. But there are many more, including learning, attending church, giving financially, and so on. But all of them are designed to help us make progress in becoming imitators of Christ. When we read the Bible and meditate on it and then enter Christ's presence through prayer, we behold Christ's glory or beauty. And according to 1 Corinthians 3, as we gaze on Christ, the Spirit transforms us from one degree of glory to another so that slowly we become more like him. And this process of transformation happens also when we hear the word and enter the Lord's presence corporately as the gathered church. So Matthew and I, we want to devote the next two months of episodes to helping and encouraging you to practice some of these spiritual disciplines. Next episode, we'll have a special guest talk to us about reading the Bible and learning. And then other follow-up episodes, we'll discuss prayer, giving, gathering with the church, and so on. And then in the month of February, which is I Love to Read month, we're going to have our second challenge, not a memorizing challenge like we did in August, but
0: a reading challenge. Not the Canada Reads contest, but the Practicology podcast reading contest or challenge. And to that end, here are a few things for you to consider as you think about joining us over the next two months in the Practicology podcast. First, we'd really encourage you to take some time and find a Bible reading plan that you would like to use for 2022. You can go to our website, practicologypodcast.com, and click on the post for this episode where we have some links provided if you need help finding a Bible reading plan. Secondly, the reading challenge in February is going to be reading the book Key Bible Concepts by David Gooding and John Lennox. It's a tremendous book, very foundational. It's not very long. We're telling you about it ahead of time so that you can get a copy of it. It's not very expensive. You can buy it from online booksellers, or you can download it in PDF and Kindle formats from the late David Gooding's website, Myrtlefield Trust. Again, the link for that will be in the show notes for this episode. Thirdly, what if you don't want to participate in the reading challenge with us? Well, that doesn't mean you need to tune out from the Practicology podcast. First of all, maybe you will want to participate with us after hearing next week's episode. But even if you still don't, uh, it's going to be similar to our summer challenge. Each episode, will still provide you with some meaningful Bible truth, practical theology to benefit those who aren't participating in the reading challenge. But of course, the maximum value will be for those of you who do join in it with us. And we hope you're able to do that.
1: Yeah, so this is exciting for for us. I'm looking forward to these next two months, Matthew. And maybe I can just close by giving a little taste of what's to come. So going back to the whole thing about setbacks are actually steps forward. You might be saying, yeah, that helps me intellectually a little bit, but it really doesn't move me emotionally. It really doesn't address the emotional pain of, of this loss in my life. Okay, so fair point. But let's just say you're practicing the means of grace in your life. You're reading your Bible meditatively and prayerfully. And and you're reading this great chapter, Romans 8, about how our, our destiny is to become perfectly conformed to the image of the Son of God. And you notice in verses 1, 2, and 3 that in order for us to become like Him, He had to become like us. It says that God sent His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin and how he condemns sin in the flesh so that we can have no condemnation. And you just begin to dwell on these truths and meditate on them in order for me one day to become like him. He first had to become like me. He had to become a human. And we know that this calling on his life involved what we would call setback after setback from heaven down to earth, from riches down to poverty rejection and persecution and pressure and ultimately culminating in becoming a sacrificial lamb and dying upon the cross for our sins. Now, how does our Lord view all these setbacks? Does that is that how he sees them? Setback after setback? No. Our Lord saw each of these steps as mighty steps forward in accomplishing his plan of redeeming you and me, so that we could be rescued from our condemnation, so that we could be guaranteed the security of his love, and so that he could begin the process, which will one day end in the complete transformation of ourselves to be like him. If you meditate on that prayerfully, you might find that this truth not only addresses your intellectual needs, but it begins to move your heart as well in love towards him. Well, that's it for today. Please uh, join us in next week's episode as we begin this journey on the means of grace.
0: Good words, Mike. Thank you very much. Thank you, listeners. And we wish you all the best in the will of the Lord for 2022. All the best being, more success and being conformed to the image of Christ.
1: That's right. Happy New Year, everyone.